1: I believe we're coming to the end of some bad things and the beginning of some good things for the people of God, the people that love Him and um, want to be obedient to Him. Thank you, Father. Well, I'm going to share something with you, um, some revelations that just came to me. are good ones. And uh, they speak about this. Um, the end of some bad and the beginning of some really good. Thank you, Father. And uh, we're going to put this in with the series, uh, Faction Cannot Prevail. Um, if you remember that God, by David, had to conquer the old man of the land they were called the Jebusites, and um, and that was the city was Jebus before it was called Jerusalem, of course, or Zion. Um, in a very real way, our war has been with the uh, the factious Satanists since two thousand and eleven, but now. We're receiving revelations that this, that his vengeance is about to go forth and bring an end to this time of testing and rewards for God's people too. But I'm going to start with this revelation given to Missy, Missy Pollock. Uh, we called it Juggernaut against the Satanist faction. That's Juggernaut. Um, She said, I was dreaming, but don't remember what about, other than I knew that there were odd words that were spoken, but I didn't remember what it was as I was waking up. And I was wondering, as I was waking up, why and what were these odd words? Right then, as if the Lord was answering my thoughts, Juggernaut came to my mind. I was not totally awake yet, and had to consciously keep repeating it in my head, so I didn't forget it. I had no idea what this word was, and not sure I ever heard it before. Well, after the morning prayer meeting, I looked up just the word juggernaut. Um, I was surprised I had spelled it correctly. What came up was that it was a Marvel Comics superhero character by the name of Juggernaut. And I read about it. Then I searched. What does Juggernaut mean? Well, it means a massive, inexorable force, a campaign or a movement or an object that crushes whatever it is, whatever is in its path. Also, an unstoppable force. What came to my mind is the only unstoppable force is God. Uh, No fictional satanic idol with superpowers can even compare to that. And we've uh, read many of the the words from the word of the Lord about this juggernaut that's on its way. And I believe it's on its way now. And what came to my mind um, is what's about to happen. A juggernaut force of Jesus manifested by word and spirit in the David Van Child body of reformers will come against the Satanist faction and other forces of evil to destroy them. This is a type, as David did to the Edomites, in his day. Um, well, we see scriptures where it shows Jesus doing this, and we see scriptures where David was doing this, and in truth, uh, they're both acting out the same play. Um, these are manifested sons of God uh, who will go forth in the power of Jesus, who lives in them. And this is not mere men, but the, the seed of the future sons of God, uh, by God's hand. And do we know that, uh, you know, the son of God, Jesus Christ raised up sons in his image to go forth and do the works that he did. And, uh, of course the scriptures in, in uh, Romans chapter eight speaks about the manifestation of the sons of God that it's they that is going to deliver the creation and or the creature actually can be the same word and we know the creation that God is talking about is his people um, so they are one in Christ they are the anointed second um, Corinthians also speaks about them being the anointed and we being the anointed when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, the first, I believe this is the first true body in whom Jesus dwells. You know, we talk about the body of Christ, but who dwells in the body of Christ? Well, it is the people in whom he lives. And the first people to come to this, uh, this fruit, this uh, manifestation of the sons of God, is going to be these people. It's, going, it's not going to be by their works, it's by God's grace, and it's by him fulfilling the types and shadows of the Scriptures. Because God's always going to do that. So, David conquered the Edomites, and the things that have been are the things that shall be. So we know there's going to be a repeat of that. History always repeats. So how does this text fit? when Jesus said, no man is with me. And when he conquers the Edomites, Romans chapter 8, 19 through 21, for the earnest expectation of the creation waiteth for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to vanity, not of its own will, but by reason of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. So we don't start out as sons of God except by faith. We start out manifestly as children of God, which the Bible says are servants of God. There's a difference between servants and sons. And uh, the sons are manifesting Jesus Christ and they will manifest his works in these coming days. Jesus went away in that singular body so that he could come back in a uh, a corporate body so he could do the job worldwide because now Israel, spiritual Israel, is worldwide. So the faction are the bondage of corruption that God's creation must be delivered from. Uh, the manifest sons are to deliver the creation of the corruption that uh, is Satan's forces holding them in bondage by their witchcraft, voodoo, slander, so on and so forth. Jesus, uh, the only begotten son or only born son, okay? We have to be reborn sons, but he is a born son. He did this when he came and destroyed the devil's forces in those he called the sons of your father the devil. Well, very unexpected to a lot of people in his day, I'm sure, because he was speaking to their leadership. And um, whether they knew it or not, they were Satanists and the corruption holding in bondage the true creation of God. As you know, Jesus and John the Baptist spoke a lot against these evil rulers who were manifesting corruption in front of the people and expecting them to be obedient. And uh, so now we can see how both Jesus and David conquer the Edomite faction. In Isaiah sixty-two 11, we're told, Behold! The Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the earth. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him. Notice, the salvation is a he. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. So it was David who delivered Zion of the Jebusite corruption When Jesus came, they did not recognize him and, of course, accused him of being a man who was making himself God. Uh, They were quite wrong. They will not recognize him again as he comes once again looking like a man. We remember Joseph in Egypt looking like an Egyptian so that his own brothers didn't recognize him. He had to reveal himself to them. And, uh, looking like an Egyptian is, is what everybody does here, normally speaking, is we see one another as men. But, uh, it's like Moses with that glory shining out of his faith. Face, there was a son of God in there, man, uh, spiritually speaking, he was being a type of that, that glory shining forth. But, uh, he put a veil on his face you know, when he went out to the people. And that veil, the Bible says, was flesh. And so they saw the flesh, but they didn't see what was on the inside of the flesh, right? In 63 and 1 says, Who is this that cometh forth from Edom with dyed garments of Bozrah? Well, that's the Edomite Satanist sheepfold. Um, this that is glorious in his apparel marching in the greatness of his strength. Uh, I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. What is he coming to do? He's coming to save. He's coming to save his people from uh, a tribulation that they've been in with the Edomites. And they, of course, are Esau's seed who made war against their chosen brother, Jacob, who was Israel, who was a type of the church. So, Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the winepress, that I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the peoples there was no man with me. Well, let me say that the manifestation of the sons of God are sons manifested in spirit and soul, uh, as was Jesus. When he walked the earth, he was a manifest son in spirit and soul. His body, the Bible says in Romans 1 and 3, was the seed of David. Okay, uh, that was man. But inside that man, like uh, in behind Moses' veil, there was that glory, that son of God. Okay, uh, he was God manifested in the flesh. We're all to be God manifested in the flesh, okay? It's not to say that we are God with a big G. (laughs) We are sons of God. We're all called to be sons of God. And we are sons of God by faith. And we claim this sonship. We actually behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are transformed into that same image from glory to glory. So sonship is what we're coming into here. It's just that the first fruits coming into that sonship is this man-child reformer ministry. Of course, how could they pass on something that they didn't have? And by the grace of God, he's going to give it to them. Uh, it's not by their works. It's not by any man's works. It's going to be through faith that people come into the manifestation of sonship. And of course, we know the full manifestation is when they get their redeemed body, as the scripture says, like Jesus later did. When Jesus was walking the earth, he didn't have his redeemed body. He had a body of the son of David. The Bible says so. Uh, but later he got that redeemed body. And the scriptures in First John speaks about us also receiving that body, which is the fullness of of the manifestation of sonship. But while we walk this earth, we can manifest uh, sonship in spirit and soul. That is manifesting Jesus Christ in spirit and soul. Amen. So he says, I trod them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath and their life blood is sprinkled upon my garments and I have stained all my raiment. For the day of vengeance was in my heart And the year of my redeemed is come. What did he redeem us from? According to Luke chapter one, he redeemed us out of the hands of our enemies. And Jesus is coming in the man child to redeem us out of the hands of our enemies. It is the year of the redeemed. His day of vengeance upon um, the Edomites is his day of redemption for his people out of their hands and God is coming to do that and as we can see this is a juggernaut unstoppable force because it is written not only are these people walking in the works and the power of Jesus but they hear the voice of the Lord very well they're not doing anything of themselves they are working for the Lord completely This is like a blitzkrieg. I don't know if you know that word. That's another one. It's a German word meaning lightning war. Lightning war. Uh, Britannica called it a military tactic calculated to create psychological shock and resultant disorganization in enemy forces uh, through the employment of surprise, speed, and superiority in material firepower. So the elect among God's people will be redeemed from the corruption and bondage of the Satanist faction. Uh, We see in Revelation chapter 12, the birth of the man-child being caught up to the throne. Next thing you know, there's a war in heaven. The angels are warring with Satan and his angels, and the people on the earth who have faith and the power of God are speaking it into existence as the angels of God cast down Satan and his to the earth. And this is happening. Um, so I believe God's people are in line to be redeemed from the corruption of, and the bondage of the Satanist faction uh, um, of their destruction being prophesied now. So like the Gulf War, they had the shock and awe, you know. That's a blitzkrieg, (laughs) okay. Shock and awe. Suddenly, they did everything. They dumped it all at once. And I guess it was shock and awe. And uh, so this is what's coming. And uh, remember when in a dream that the Satanists were going to sacrifice Eve, but something happened. And they ran away from the altar as fast as they could. And I said it was because it was the beginning of their destruction. Uh, Well, she was redeemed. (laughs) She was delivered out of that corruption. And thank God for that. We know that's going to happen too. And, And a lot of other people who are in the bondage of corruption, whether it's in the larger faction of Christianity, because it is faction all over. And uh, those people are in bondage, just like they were in Jesus' day. Jesus went into the sheepfold. He called his own by name. He called them out. And he called them the called out ones. They came out of the religions of Judaism. They were in bondage to people that he said were sons of the devil. <laughs> so how does that happen that uh, sons of the devil get into the leadership of religion? Well. It's a faction, and of course our faction is a little more concentrated in that because God wanted to try and test the bride and get the bride ready for what is coming and to be be prepared to be uh, called the bride by Jesus himself, right? In Ezekiel 34 and 22 through 28, Therefore will I save my flock. And they shall no more be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. Now he's talking about the David man-child body. And uh, not just because anybody's called David, does they fit into this category. But these are Davids. They are warriors like David. Um, And he shall feed them and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. So now you have those two categories put together. That's God himself and the David man child ministry. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace. And I will cause evil beasts to cease out of the land. Well, we know what the beasts are, right? Um, Solomon said that man is as a beast. Some people think man is above the beast. No, lost man or satanic man is not above the beast. They are the beasts. And these huge kingdoms over the years that have conquered God's people were all called beasts, right? And of course, God used them. He raised them up to bring his people into submission because they were in rebellion. So the evil beasts will cease out of the land and they shall dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places round about my hill a blessing. And I will cause the showers to come down in its season and there shall be showers of blessing. This is the uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure. And the tree of the field shall yield its fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them out of the hand of those that made bondmen of them. Now, we know people who have been taken into bondage to this satanic faction and uh, and molested and everything else. Um, they're t- turned away from God, have no conscience, do not read the word of God, which is the very seed that in our hearts brings forth, the thirty, sixty, and sixty and a hundredfold of Jesus Christ and they shall no more be a prey to the nations neither shall the beasts of the earth devour them but they shall dwell securely and none shall make them afraid and where did that happen it happened in their land coming out of co- captivity to their land the holy land the real holy land Okay, that thing over there in the Mid East isn't a holy land at all. But there is a real holy land. It is where the people walk as holy people. So now under the David Manchild and their God, we see the destruction of the Edomite factious Satanists. And uh, thirty five and two through fifteen says, Son of man, set thy face against Mount Sur. Well, that's uh, the son of man is set against the leadership of Edom, Mount Sur. As you know, in the scriptures, Jesus was called son of man. Ezekiel, who was caught up to the throne of God, was called the son of man. And I believe the man child in our day is called the son of man. So he's saying, son of man, set thy face against Mount Sur. In other words, come against the leadership of Of uh, the Edomites. Son of man is set against the leadership of Edom, who hated, factioned, and brought into bondage their chosen brother Israel, a type of the church. And prophesy against it, he says, and say unto it, Thus saith the Lord, behold, I am against thee, O Mount Sir. And I will stretch out my hand against thee, and I will make thee a desolation and an astonishment. Does that sound like uh, Jesus um, staining his garment with the blood of the Edomites? Yeah. I will lay thy cities waste, and thou shalt be desolate. So, so how many times can God destroy the Edom faction? I believe we're talking about the same thing here. He's just describing it in a little little different parable. Okay? So, this is speaking of the same situation. And uh, thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Well, I know that Edom's going to know that he is the Lord. Um, Verse 5 says, Because thou hast had a perpetual enmity, and has given over the children of Israel to the power of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time of the iniquity of the end. Well, as we um, I guess we're we're at the end, so this can actually be a timing of the end. Of course it is. And verse six says, Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord, I will prepare thee unto blood. There it is. And blood shall pursue thee. Since thou hast not hated blood, therefore blood shall pursue thee. Well, they're guilty of the blood. They're guilty of the blood of the saints. When they uh, send their witchcraft and their voodoo into people to take their mind away so that they serve the devil, this causes them to be guilty of the blood. And since they're guilty of the blood, their blood is going to be judged. Uh, Verse 7, thus will I make Mount Sur an astonishment and a desolation. So Mount Sur actually is the capital of the Edomite kingdom, right? And God's going to bring down the leadership. They are the worst. We know the leadership of the Edomites today. They are the worst human beings on the face of the earth. And the evil that they do has to be coming to an end. And God is going to do it. And I will cut off from it him that passeth through and him that returneth. And I will fill its mountains with its slain. In thy hills and in thy valleys and in all thy watercourses shall they fall that are slain with the sword. I will make thee a perpetual desolation and thy cities shall not be inhabited and you shall know that I am the Lord. Of course, we call people out of uh, that corruption even now. And uh, we teach, we share, we pray, we do warfare, we call them out now. And hopefully there will be More than hopefully, we know from Scripture that there is a group that is going to come out who are called God's elect. Praise be to God. But the rest who do not repent are going to be destroyed. And that's what the Bible says. Because thou hast said, these two nations and these two countries shall be mine. In other words, the Edomites have claimed God's land. And uh from the beginning of this corruption all the way back to the very beginning, they were trying to take over UBM. They failed because the people stood up. They'd failed. But ever since then, they've been trying to do the same thing. Why is it that they're so determined to take over UBM and to destroy David? Well, obviously, we're doing something right. Yeah. And... uh The devil doesn't like it? Yeah. Since they are sons of the devil, they're doing the will of their father. That's what Jesus said of the hypocrites in his day, right? Um, So they said that this land would be mine. We will possess it, whereas the Lord was there. Well, in Zion, the Lord's presence is there. They're going to have trouble taking over Zion. They can take over people. They can test people. They can see who belongs in the bride and who does not belong in the bride. That's all according to the will of God, okay? Uh, But we also can fight against them and overcome and teach people how to overcome and how to cast off their bondage. And that's happened too. So verse 11 says, Therefore, as I live, says the Lord, I will do according to thine anger and according to thine envy, which thou hast showed out of thy hatred against them. Well, that's true. Their hatred has been eternal. They're not like normal people who disagree with you and go their way. They sit around chewing on your heels, right? And that's because the demons in them have an enemy and they know it. And they know who they need to bring down. And the devil knows who he needs to bring down, right? So uh, somebody that actually can do him harm and destroy his kingdom, like the people in Revelation chapter 12, uh, who confessed the word of the Lord and believed in the blood of the Lamb, cast him down to the earth. And these things are happening. Well, we can see it in the physical realm. They're gathering up Satanists, from all walks of life because most of them are trafficking in one form or another, either children, women, or whatever, drugs, you know, adrenochrome, uh, they're trafficking so they know who to go and get. And also all of the leadership of the left wing and some of the right wing are Satanists. So... He's going to deal with them according to their own envy and anger that they had against God's people. And I will make myself known among them when I shall judge thee. And thou shalt know that I, the Lord, have heard all thy revilings, which thou hast spoken against the mountains of Israel saying they are laid desolate, they are given us to devour. Not so, not so. So, verse 13 goes on to say, And you have magnified yourselves against me with your mouth, and have multiplied your words against me, I have heard it. Well, whatsoever you have done to the least of these my brethren, you have done it unto me. And I would say that Zion is not the least of the brethren, but they uh, desire earnestly to take over Zion because in taking over Zion, they will take over the people of God. You always go for the head, right? Thus saith the Lord, when the whole earth rejoiceth, I will make thee desolate. Hmm. You remember the dream we just shared when uh, the Satanist factions house of Kevin and Eddie was burned over them by an angel as they were trying to rape this woman who I'm sure is a representation of what of a group of people okay and by the way these people have been taken from the factions from the beginning with the same methods of witchcraft okay and taking their minds away. When we see these people, we can see that they don't have a conscience and th- no scripture gets through to them and their mind has been taken away. It's be- they're being ruled by Satan. Um, verse 15 says, As thou didst rejoice over the inheritance of the house of Israel because it was desolate, so will I do unto thee. Thou shalt be desolate, O Mount Sir." and all of Edom, even all of it, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Well, Missy then makes a comment, getting back to her revelation here. Then what came to my mind about Juggernaut was Michael's vision of of the army of angels and the word that the Lord gave Samuel, talking about that God sent for a division of holy angels Thousands of them. To do what? <laughs> to fight this battle in the heavenlies. While the people on the earth, you know, uh, trusted in the blood of the Lamb and held fast to the testimony. Okay? So, these are, of course, the heavenly forces that will join with and empower the man-child body to conquer the forces of darkness and to bring the beginning of the renewed kingdom, because these people are coming together to rebuild the kingdom. What happened to the kingdom? Well, it uh, when as they fell away and uh, walked after the flesh, if we walk after the flesh, we must die, the Bible says. Um, they were taken into captivity to religions of the world. Um, as they were in Jesus' day, and uh, in, as they are in our day, two factions, so on and so forth. I asked the Lord for verses by faith at random concerning this word juggernaut and got Second Chronicles 7 and 22, in context 19 through 22. But if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and shall go and serve other gods, kind of like Beelzebub maybe, (laughs) who is of course Satan in disguise, and uh, worship them, then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land. That's what happened every time a beast kingdom ruled by Satan uh, plucked them up out of their land, which I have given them. And this house, which I have hallowed for my name, will I cast out of my sight and I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. Amen. Well, there was a great falling away and as there is today. And the first people, of course, the first fruits to come out of Babylonian captivity to start rebuilding the kingdom are these people. And this this house, which is so high, Every one that passeth by it shall be astonished and shall say, Why hath the Lord done this unto this land and to this house? And they shall answer, Because they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers. Well, let me say, everybody that's in the faction has forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers. Now they want to bring down everybody else. As Edomites, they want to bring down Jacob or the church who brought them forth out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, hath he brought all this evil upon them. Well, now we know the faction has done just that. And God is going to bring all this evil that he says upon them. And when God has finished testing the bride by the Satanist faction to see who is worthy to go to the king's house, like Esther, right? Then God destroys the Satanists. That's his MO. This is what he does every time. He uses the very wicked to judge his people, to bring them into line, to make them very careful to walk under the blood. And when he's through with that, he destroys them. In First Thessalonians 1, 6 through 10, we're told if so be that it is a righteous thing with God to recompense affliction to them that afflict you. Well, it is a righteous thing with God. And to you that are afflicted, rest with us at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with the angels of his power in flaming fire, rendering vengeance to them that know not God and to them that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And of course, there's the people that have fallen into this faction, The um, they knew too much to go back. Many of them are reprobate because they knew too much to go back, as uh, Paul spoke about in Hebrews chapter 6, right? Uh, Who shall suffer punishment, even eternal destruction from the face of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Eternal destruction. In other words, reprobation. They were rejected. So when do they get destroyed? Well, when the saints are purified because he's going to use them up until that point. And they'll actually think they've got the victory and that they're bringing the saints under. Even some of the saints who are taken captive in the faction are there for a crucifixion. and They will be greatly humbled when they're delivered. So you see, Every house divided falls, Jesus said. Satan is actually against his own house because he's used to chasten us and to bring us into uh, submission to the blood of the Lord. And so he's he's got to fall. He's going to fall because he's divided against his own house. What he does, he doesn't understand. Uh, you know, God works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. He also works in the wicked to willing to do of his good pleasure. Man may choose his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The Bible says the Lord directs his steps. And it goes on to say, so when the saints are purified, their job is finished. They're gone. They're wicked and they're gone. And, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints. There it is. And to be marveled at in all them that believed, because our testimony unto you was believed in that day. So in order for uh, the Lord to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at, they have to believe the word of God. The faction does not believe the word of God. They're never going to be in the running until they do. Because we know that the sower went forth to sow the seed, which was the word of God, into hearts that brought forth the fruit of the sower himself. Thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Most of the church doesn't believe that. They think it's bringing in other people into the kingdom. It's not. It's coming into the kingdom because Christ lives in you and you live in him. Okay? Um... Part of our fruit, of course, is to bring other souls into the kingdom, but you can't give something away that you don't have. If you're walking in the kingdom and in the power of God, God can use you to bring many other people in. Uh, But the church gets people so busy uh, bringing people into their organization that they don't have time to come to know the Lord themselves. And so they get stuck in a dead religion for years. Okay? And the dead religions know how to get people busy, so busy they don't have time to look elsewhere. So we can see here that the faction can escape destruction by believing the word that they so hate. And the reason they hate you is because they hate the Lord. They never would admit that, but that's the facts. They hate you because they hate the Lord. You desire the Lord. You walk with the Lord. You're fighting the good fight of the faith. And they hate you. How can this be? <laughs> the same reason it happened in Jesus's day. They hated the Lord. Psalm 101 and 5. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I destroy. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart Will I not suffer? So their pride will not permit them to confess their sins so that they can get deliverance. That's the problem. You ask them to confess their sins. What sins? Why do they say that? Because they have no conscience. Their conscience has been taken away. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful Of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in the perfect way shall minister unto me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. So, a good way to get thrown out of the house by faction is to walk deceitfully. In other words, putting on an act, putting on a show. Lying to your brother, your sister. Seeking to deceive with slander or whatever. Okay. He that speaketh falsehood shall not be established before mine eyes. Morning by morning will I destroy all the wicked of the land. He wants his land cleaned. Morning by morning will I destroy all the wicked of the land to cut off all the workers of iniquity from the city of the Lord. That's Zion. God is in the process through faction to cut off all workers of iniquity from Zion. He wants a pure spotless bride. So, see, God uses everything. But when he gets through and he has his spotless bride, then there's coming destruction against the wicked who, you know, cause God's people to stumble. And so Zion, the bride, is cleansed of all evil, spotless and blemishless by the work of God's hand. She said, I also received Second Kings 4 and 33, in context 32 and 33. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. And he went in therefore and shut the door upon them, twain, and prayed unto the Lord. And uh, then she said this, this woman went to Elijah, Elisha because her son had died. And when she got to Elisha, he asked her if it was well with her, with her husband, and with her child. And each time she said, it is well. That's Second Kings 4 and 26. She was believing that her son would live before she saw it. And afterwards, Elisha prayed for the child and he was resurrected. And uh, she goes on to say, I had a dream of Amber being back, but I didn't see her in the dream. And the Lord reminded me that blessed are they that believe yet and have yet not seen, right? Blessed are they that believe yet have not seen. Amen. So after you see, it takes no faith, right? The the faith is when you don't see. Um, We call the things that be not as though they were. And the righteous shall live from faith. And of course, we'll see promises fulfilled through our faith. So we do fight the good fight of the faith. So this is the story that David and Brandy told me came to their mind when I sent my dream to David. Mm Okay. Okay. Because we have it all by faith. We even have sonship by faith. You're all sons of God through faith, right? You receive it by faith before you get to see it. And everything that we receive of the kingdom is that way. So the Lord is the unstoppable force through our prayers and sending out the angels to defeat our enemies, bringing back the exiled captives speedily, And to resurrect Amber as well as others. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for the faith to believe that we have received the answer to our prayers. And for being the unstoppable force through your angel armies. Yes, true, true. The end of the wicked is always the same. But their demons will not allow them to believe it. You know, Father, through the prophet Daniel, or the prophet David, actually, pronounced this. Psalm 109, 1 through 20. Hold not thy peace, O God, of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of deceit have they opened against me. They have spoken unto me with a a lying tongue. Let me say a more deceptive form of this is they speak the things that they believe are, even if it's only in their mind, but they believe it is. So they judge people instead of walk by faith for people. You know, if you walk by faith for people, you overlook a lot of little discrepancies, maybe willful disobedience. You don't. You call that to attention. But most uh, failures and foolishness, you just totally overlook and believe that one day down the road, God will finish this work. And so you reckon them to be dead to sin just as you reckon yourself to be dead to sin, right? So you have faith for others. The wicked don't ever do that. They want condemnation in your heart to take away your faith. They don't ever do that. They judge everything the way they see it. It's not the way God sees it. It's the way they see it. For that they will be judged. Judge not lest you be judged. Because they don't put faith in people. They put condemnation in people. They do the work of the devil. So he went on to say, They have compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. For my love... They are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Well, you know, the Bible says, if you reward evil for good, evil will not depart from your house. We can look back to 2011, actually before I came Here, in 2010, it was already starting in other places. Uh, And those people are still that way. They've never been saved. They're still in that corruption. Why? Because they returned evil for good. In every case. In every case. Even Kevin, we tried everything we could to, hey, you're getting a little boisterous there, boy. Hey, he puts out a pretty good show, don't he? <laughs> it, uh, well, you know, we did everything. Uh, we called him in four times to try to reason with him, to reason with Scripture with him, so on and so forth. He even admitted that he was an adulterer uh, in the beginning, but the further he went, the less he believed that. And so he got mad at us because we wouldn't let him seduce a married one. After he tried to seduce one of our youngest girls and after other things that happened, dreams of, of the women uh, that he was molesting them because that's what he was doing in his mind. So, you know, we always try to reason with someone. We don't want to see anybody go into faction or go into hell. Because if you're in faction and you've returned evil for good, which he did, he went immediately when we tried to convince him that this is wrong. This will send you to hell. He went immediately and tore down our sight. He said, oh, no, I didn't do that. Well, Apple said he did. And they said nobody else could have done it but him. Okay. There's a reason for that. He had them to contact him anytime anybody touched the site. Anything moved in the site, they contacted him. So, therefore, when we tried to put the site back together, immediately things were taken back down. They said, there's only one man that can do this. But I can't tell you his name. We said, he's Kevin Ray. That's him. (laughs) That's what they said. That's him. Okay. So, you know, he says, no, I didn't do it. Oh, nobody else could have done it. Nobody. I mean when you put something up and it's immediately taken down, huh? Okay. He gave himself away. He's got the footprints of the hippo. Um, so it says here, set thou a wicked man over him. Uh that's happened. <laughs> and and let an adversary stand at his right hand. What does adversary mean? That's the devil, right? Uh, So Satan is the adversary. Uh, And when he is judged, let him come forth guilty. And let his prayer be turned into sin. Let his days be few. And let another take his office. Oh, you recognize that from the book of Acts, right? Judas. Another took his office. And, of course, he is a Judas. And there are many Judases um out there many and 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 who wrote this i mean this is a prophecy this came through the word of the lord this is not a man's opinion or a man's uh uh anger at someone else it's not that this is a prophecy from the lord it has been spoken by the lord let and this is what the lord says let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow Let his children be vagabonds and beg, and let them seek their bread out of their desolate places. Uh, Let the extortioner catch all that he hath, and let strangers make spoil of his labor. They are extortioners. They have used their position with us to steal from us. When they were working with us, they did nothing, and they collected money. And uh, they were supposed to be working, but they weren't. And the more they got the corrupt, the less they worked. And they bragged about it. They were extortioners. That's someone who uses their position to gain from you because they're thieves. Verse 12. Let there be none to extend kindness unto him, neither let there be any to have pity on his fatherless children. Now, of course, We're not pronouncing this. It's already pronounced in the scriptures by God. We're not pronouncing this. We're not praying for their destruction. Okay? We're seeing what God is saying is going to happen. It is going to happen. Let his posterity be cut off. In the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Well, we know that from the scriptures because they did not overcome. Their name is blotted out. They were written in, but they were blotted out. Verse 14. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. What is the cure for all this? Repentance. If God grants repentance, because their mind is so far gone, they can't do it of themselves. If God grants repentance, which he will to his elect, he will grant repentance. But he will not grant it to just anybody, okay? When a person is so far gone, for instance, when you're casting demons out of a person, you you want their cooperation and their faith to the extent that they can. But there comes times when they don't have any ability to do either. And therefore, it's up to you, you know? Um, because he remembered not to show kindness but persecuted the poor and the needy man and the broken in heart to slay them Yeah. yea he loved cursing and it came unto him and he delighted not in blessing and it was far from him he clothed himself also with cursing as with a garment and it came into his inward parts like water. So their curse, the thing that's taking them over, is their own mouth and their own cursing of others. And and like oil into his bones, let it be unto him as the raiment wherewith he covereth himself, and for the girdle wherewith he is girded continually. This is the reward of mine adversaries from the Lord. And of them that speak evil against my soul. Well, what does he mean, speak evil against my soul? Well, that's what they do. They speak evil against your soul. They don't speak faith for you. They don't believe for you. The only thing that would change you, of course, is someone who is standing by your side, believing for you and having faith for you. Instead, they condemn, 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 condemn. That's all they do. And they are condemned because that's what they do. Because you reap what you sow. And of them that speak evil against my soul. Well, notice that this is from the Lord. For we can't curse anybody, right? We're not called to do that. I'm not saying that a human can't speak a curse when God puts it in their heart. Well, you have to be sure God puts it in your heart because if it comes from you, You'll bring trouble upon yourself. So, so you, but you notice that this is from the Lord, is spoken from the Lord. And, uh, the curses for evil are already spoken in the word. It's not like we have to conjure them up, right? God can speak it, um, through anyone, but, um, it can't be from ourselves or it'll come back on us. Psalm 106. 9 through 12 says, he rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths as through a wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them. Boy, did he ever. And of course, we've been seeing types and shadows of the Red Sea in our day. Uh, Great judgments, large groups of people who are enemies of God's people are being taken down. Uh, They were being taken down by the vaccine. They're being taken down by the military. They're being taken down by the deep state too, actually. Um, Because the deep state doesn't mind killing their own if they get in the way. And redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. So he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and he redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their adversaries. There was not one of them left. Then believed they his words, and they sang his praise. So what's the way out of these floodwaters here? <laughs> what's the way out for the wicked? Psalm 32, 1-6 tells you, Blessed is he, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity. Of course, we walk by faith and uh, we walk under the blood of the Lamb. And so um, that gives us justification by faith. We believe that Jesus took away our sins. And if we don't like them, we don't have to have them. And in his spirit, there is no guile. In other words, no deception. We're back to deception here. When I kept silence, my bones wasted through my groaning all the day long. He was talking about not confessing his sins. And, of course, your bones is uh, the place where your life comes from, right? My moisture was changed as with the drought of summer. Talking about the drying up of uh, the marrow of the bones. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity did I not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. So that's the solution out right there. Again, people with a lot of pride, They're not going to go there. And God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. If a person will humble themselves and confess their sin, they'll find grace with God. For this, let everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Because there comes a time where they will talk, but God will not hear. Surely when the great waters overflow, they shall not reach unto him. There you go. How do you escape the flood? You know, there was only two camps there. There was the camp of the righteous and the camp of the wicked. (laughs) The wicked are always after our soul. You know, it doesn't matter. Even uh, loved ones in their ignorance give us bad advice, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, First John 1, 7 through 7-10 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, I was told that by Kevin. He said, I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> okay. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a good deal. Verse 10 If we say that we have not sinned, yeah, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So let's, let's. Do a little switcheroo here. Go in the opposite direction. There's good things coming uh, to God's people and to the house of David. That's what this is about. This is Vanessa Weeks' is Revelation and uh, on 7, 11, 23. In a dream, I was out on David's patio. Well, uh, uh, our patio is a place of rest while soaking in the sun, right? (laughs) And I got S-O-N there, right? I was riding a small vehicle clockwise around this patio set. Oh, yeah? I never saw that. If I would have run you off my porch, if I would have caught you doing that. (laughs) I was riding a small vehicle clockwise around this patio set. And as we go clockwise, of course, we go forward in time, right? As I did this, I was saying, her walls are salvation and her gates praise. That's talking about Zion, right? So within her walls is manifest salvation. The son's name is Jesus, right? It's Hebrew Yeshua, meaning Yah, short for Yahweh, and uh, it goes on to say, um, so we have Yah saves, delivers, and re- rescues. That's what the name means. He saves, delivers, and rescues. So I remember uh, an apostle that told me many years ago, uh, he was um, a very wise man, and he got a lot of really good revelations from the Lord. And he told me that the Lord spoke to him one time and he said, I am Zion. So, Zion was a place of safety and within it is, of course, the temple of God's presence. And uh, it represented uh, the Lord himself, people who abide in him. The bride is a people who abide in him and he in them as Jesus said in John 17, right? Pity that's not manifested in all of the church, but it's not. So this salvation from our enemies reminds us of Luke 1, 68 through 75. See, Zion represents a place of safety from our enemies. Its broad walls and tall walls are a place of safety. So, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he hath visited and wrought redemption for his people. That's what he's coming to do. He's visiting, and he's going to uh, bring redemption for his people. And hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So we're back to the house of David here. And as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets that have been from of old, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to show mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware unto Abraham our father, to grant unto us that we be de- being delivered out of the hand of our enemies should serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. So um, she said this text, her walls are salvation and her gates praise, is from Isaiah 60, 18. And is about the good things that the Lord will do for Zion and the house of David within. Uh, Father once said of my physical house that this is his house and his mountain as a, a representation, I believe, of David's house on Mount Zion. But he did say that prophetically. In Isaiah 60 14 through 22 says, And the sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas thou hast been forsaken, and hated so that no man pass through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the nations and shall suck the breast of kings. And thou shalt know that I, the Lord, am thy savior and thy redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. And of course we know that he is mighty to redeem and to save from everything. He's able to save to the uttermost. Them that draw near to him. That means completely. Right? For, for brass I will bring gold. And for iron I will bring silver. And for wood brass. And for stones iron. Well this is an excellent exchange. Right? <laughs> for, for higher value. Uh, A great economy for the Zion, the bride, right? I will also make thy officers peace and thine exactors righteousness. And a great change of leadership is coming. Verse 18. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land. Desolation nor destruction within thy borders. Have we seen that? We have seen that. But he's saying there's an end to it coming. And we can see how it's coming. It's coming at first with the judgment of the faction, which has judged God's people and is uh, crucifying God's people. And the man-child minister, of course, is going to turn people back to the covenant, which has been departed from. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, desolation nor destruction within thy borders. That's Zion. And that's where we get to the verse that she got, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. Amen. We enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise, don't we? And we should be doing a better job. I think we are seeing, we're slacking off a little bit. The sun shall be no more thy light by day. Neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. But the Lord will be unto thee an everlasting light. And thy God, thy glory. Would you like to walk totally in the light? Always have discernment of the right way, righteousness, purity, so on and so forth. Yes, God is able to do that. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be thine everlasting light. And the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Have you mourned? I have. I've mourned the loss of people, friends uh, that didn't live up to God's expectations and were removed by the faction. I've mourned that. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The people of Zion will be all righteous. As we read before, God's rising morning by morning to defeat the enemies and remove them from the city of God. And that's what we've been watching. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. The little one shall become a thousand and the small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. Well, I think this represents a great revival and extreme growth, you know. I was also speaking that since Jesus is in me and his name means salvation, that his salvation is in me to help others. Amen. I agree with that. Second Corinthians 3.18 she gives, but we all... With an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. Did you know in the spirit realm, your glory uh, is seen in the spirit realm? It shines forth from you. It glows. It is bright, so on and so forth. Then I went on uh, the grass and sat down against the wooden fence. <clears throat> well, she's still talking about my house, David's house as a type, right? And she says, there is no fence there in real life, but it is, it's like a wall. Her walls are salvation, leaning on the salvation of the Lord, right? A seal appeared on the patio. We don't have many of them. Yeah. A seal appeared on the patio where I was and sat down right beside me. And I think seal is a play on words about the Lord sealing the man-child. Yes, probably so. Revelation 7 and 4 in the ENT. And I heard the number of the sealed, a 144,000 sealed out of every tribe of Israel's sons. And that was the end of the dream. But she says, while praying about what the seal represented, the Lord reminded me of John 6 and 27 in the NENT. Work not for the food which perisheth, but for the food which abideth unto eternal life, which the Son of Man shall give you, for him the Father God has sealed. So God has sealed the anointed, the Christ. And uh, of course we get anointed according to Second Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, the Christos is spoken about God's anointed people. So we are, too, the Christos. Him in us is the Christos, right? And the anointing of the Holy Spirit is the anointing, the anointed, so on and so forth. So, you know, Jesus came as the anointed and he's coming again as the anointed. This time it's the anointed man-child ministry. Um, Because, uh, as I've shared before, Jesus was the first to have the former reign, and he passed it on to his disciples. And the the man-child in these days is going to be the first to have the latter reign and to pass it on to the disciples. Because history repeats on a larger scale. So, who hath received his witness has set his seal to this, that God is true. Amen. Well, let me say that the wicked will learn too late that the Lord has chosen Zion and uh, they have chosen to be against Zion and chosen uh, their lusts over the Lord. Psalm 132, 13 through 18, For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. And let me say that's not... The Zion over in the Middle East. It's totally sinner. Um, no, this is talking about heavenly Zion. Heavenly Jerusalem, which is being born out of heaven, the scripture says. Right? It's being born into the heart of his bride. This is my resting place forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. vision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests also will I clothe with salvation. And her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. So again, David is called the anointed here. His enemies will I clothe with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Psalm 126, through 4 When the Lord brought back those that returned to Zion, we were like unto them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the nations, the Lord hath done great things for them. Amen. Zion will be greatly blessed. Three, the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Psalm 125. One through five. They that trust in the Lord are as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. You know, if we hold to the faith and we trust in the Lord, we will not be moved out of Zion. But abideth forever. When when we see people starting to go in the wrong direction, you can see that they lose their faith. They go back to the ways of the world, the thinking of the world, the trust. Their trust is in the world and its ways. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. It's true. The people that walk in righteousness don't have to worry about the scepter of wickedness. That the righteous put not forth their hands unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that are good, and them that are upright in their hearts. But as for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord will lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. And we've seen that too. Peace be upon Israel. Okay, one more revelation I want to share with you. <clears throat> it was called Factious Damned, Bride Rewarded. Damned here is a play on words. This was Anna Stewart's on 8, 10, 22. I dreamed that myself and a few others were walking down a road, traveling to go meet my brother at a restaurant. My brother's name means dark hair. And I believe he represents, not that he is, but he represents the factious who were once our brothers, but are now submitted to darkness, which is, of course, the meaning of dark hair in First Corinthians 11. There was a group of young men who were all wearing white t-shirts that were following with us. I didn't know any of them, but they were somehow an extended part of our group. Well, she believed they were angels, and I do too. When we got to the restaurant, the young men in white were seated all around us, like they usually are. Uh, and, of course, we are protected by the angels. And not only that, the angels manifest gifts through us. They have a ministry. We waited for a long time for our food and for my brother to arrive. In other words, come back out of captivity, right? So waiting for the factious to return from bondage and uh, eat the food that matures them to acceptable fruit. Remember, we have to eat Christ. If we don't eat him, we have no life in ourselves. The waitress kept bringing us complimentary food to eat while we waited on the meals that we had ordered. And she said, uh, perhaps this represents God's meantime provision while we wait for the things that he has promised the bride. I agree with that. We're making do. <laughs> the bride's going to do better. And as we read, you know. And after about an hour, uh, Revelation 3, 10, and 11. Because thou didst keep the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of trial, that hour which is to come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no one take thy crown. Someone said that my brother was not coming because he had died. And I looked at my husband and asked if it were true. He said, yes. I was so shocked that this happened and I didn't know it. Well, there are people that die in faction. They have no life, they do not come back, etc. Uh, outside of a resurrection. So, the death happened before the bride knew it. And I believe it's already happened because the angels said that the factious leadership has been reprobated. We don't know how many of the rest are that is reprobated, but some are, because they were only talking about the leadership at that time. I looked behind me and to the left, and I saw a pair of gray, representing death, size 13, representing witchcraft, men's sneakers, well, we know that they have to, as we've proven, sneak and hide all that they do uh, because it's against God's law and man's law, and they know it, and they know they could get caught. So men's sneakers are on the ground, and I knew that they were my brother's, and somehow this confirmed to me that he had indeed died. In real life, my brother wears size 12 shoes. So this is spiritual. He's a big guy. And he's not dead. <laughs> so this is just talking spiritually, right? I then had a vision in the dream of how he died. I saw a huge concrete dam on my right rising up out of a body of water on my left. Hmm. So that could represent the goats, right? Right. It had a rounded slope at the bottom and then rose up perfectly vertical like a skateboarding ramp. He had somehow driven a Jeep-type vehicle up the wall of the dam, and he thought he could make it to the top, but as he got almost to the top, his front wheels began to lose contact with the concrete. And I watched as the vehicle came crashing down, bouncing down the dam as it went before it was thrown into the water. Well, the factions that he represents exalt themselves, you know, and find no grace and are damned. They can't overcome. The damn nation. Then the vision ended. We left the restaurant. And that same day, two or three different women came up to me and said things like, The Lord told me to give this to you. And I just have to give this to you. And then put pieces of fine jewelry into my hands. Well, his recompense is before him and his reward is with him. And the man child comes here and joins the bride, right? She said, I told them, wow, this is, this is the Lord because you don't know, but I, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> and then I woke up. Well, it's a bad day when you lose so many friends, of course to reprobation, but um, the tears will be softened, I believe, by the coming of the Lord and his man-child to choose his bride who has been perfected through these people's work. Exodus 12 and 35, she wrote here in 36, <clears throat> and the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses and uh, they asked of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. And they despoiled the Egyptians. Same things happening in our day. In the natural, I actually had all my jewelry stolen from me except my wedding ring. And another ring that my husband bought me. So we thought here that the faction stole much that belonged to the bride. They have. But uh, they won't get to use it. So I believe it has a, a double meaning of God's provision. And of the restoration of things stolen from the body of Christ. And uh, she gave Joel 2, 25 and 26. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Of course, this represents the curse that has come against God's people from their beginning. And you shall eat, in but God says he's going to restore it all. Everything that the curse took away, and the cursed people took away, God's going to restore. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and shall praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. So, the angel gave us this text about our personal restoration. Psalm 103 and 5. Who satisfieth thy desire with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. He also said it would be a complete personal restoration for the first fruits on a DNA cellular level. And the leaderships are reprobated and will die at this time. He didn't say how many others. So this is a complete restoration on a DNA level for a people who have been restored, I believe, in spirit and soul. And uh, this is a, a reward. The Lord is coming with a reward for his people. And it's not only physical things and, and needs and, and of course, Money to spread the revival and all these wonderful things. Uh, but it's a personal, physical restoration. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, uh, we're so eager to see. Well, it comes after the, uh, man-child, David's, in whom is Jesus, destroys the Edomites. His recompense is before Him and His reward is with Him. God is bringing a reward for those who have been faithful through all the tribulations of the faction and all the attacks of the faction that they throw their witchcraft and their slander and all these things against the people and test them and try them. We we see how devoted we are to the Lord when this happens. Uh, if we can still stay walking in the kingdom and under the blood, of course, we'll come off victorious. Um, as they did, of course, in uh, Revelation chapter 12, when they cast Satan down to the ground and all of his angels down to the ground. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you for this good news. Uh, it's all around good news. Uh, the tribulations for the bride are almost over, and the restoration and the reward is almost here. So we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I don't know for sure <clears throat> about this, but they say Trump's going to go back into office. They, first of all, they, they, you know that would be a miracle because they've never been right on a date. And that's because they have to disinform their enemies. They believe, okay? But that's what they believe. And and so we can see, of course, the Biden administration doing everything they can to make sure that this does not happen. Or at least they're putting on a show that they're doing everything they can to try to make this not happen. Everything they do makes Trump look good and Biden look bad. So... It's just got to be a show. It's just got to be. Nobody can make that many mistakes. But anyway, uh, on the 23rd, they're saying that he's going to go back in there. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not prophesying that. But I do remember that Eve, back when she had really good dreams, too, uh, had a dream about a parallel between the man-child and uh, Trump. And Trump was coming out on stage or was due to come out on stage and give an acceptance speech. And instead the David Manchild came out on the stage, which would mean at the time of Trump's acceptance speech, whether it's this one or not, I don't know. Uh, the Manchild would be here. If that's true, again, this is a theory. I'm not prophesying anything. Um, If that's true, we're close to those, everything I've said today. We're very close to that. We shall see. We shall see. I do believe we're close anyway, but that would be real close. Thank you, Father. Um, we love to search things out and see wonderful things. And we especially like to know that you're right around the corner. We love that. So we're looking forward to that, Father. We're looking forward to the Lord Jesus coming and setting things straight, delivering us from bondage to the wicked and uh, their oppression against us constantly, which has done a good work in our hearts. We thank Him very much uh, in Jesus' name. And uh, thank you, Father, that you're doing this good work and it is all going to be by grace. Nobody can claim anything. It's going to be by grace. As you told me about the man-child one time, Father, you remember you told me that? It's going to be by grace. Yes, it is. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you're doing in our behalf. Uh, Thank you for delivering us out of the hands of our enemies. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I can quench my thirsting soul, pure as water, made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? The shining rays of red and white. Jesus, I trust in you heart in you I find mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine Lord Jesus I trust in you my lord jesus oh jesus